Welcome to Intuitive Bites Podcast. I'm your host, Kirsten Ackerman, the Intuitive RD. I'm a non-diet registered dietitian and intuitive eating coach. My mission is to help women recover from diet culture and heal their relationship to food and body. Follow along as I speak with leading professionals in the field and explore concepts of intuitive eating, health at every size, and body liberation. Welcome to episode 30 of Intuitive Bites podcast. For the episode this week, I am so excited to share that I got to chat with Caroline Dooner of The Fuck It Diet. And we were talking all about how the fear of weight gain can really mess up your relationship to food. So this is such an important topic to talk about because I think there's so many people out there that are in this intuitive eating community who do have this fear of weight gain, right? Um, and this is not, you know, a topic to be discussed to be like, oh my gosh, you should stop fearing weight gain right now. And this is how exactly how it's going to happen. Um, but we're going to share some information about how it holds you back. And yes, maybe some of the ways that you can start to kind of deconstruct that fear and, um, move forward on your journey. Um, so this is a really, really interesting conversation. One that I think is so important for so many people to hear. Um, another thing we break down is just what even is a relationship to food, right? Because I think that we throw this term around a lot, um, in the intuitive eating community. And I think, um, sometimes people are like, what does that even mean? Food is an inanimate object. <laughs> um, so why are we having a relationship to it? But, uh, it's a powerful thing and it, does impact our actions uh, in a powerful way. So really, really uh, excited to share that part of the conversation with you guys as well. Um, and if you want to find Caroline, I'm going to share some of her information below um, in the show notes for where you can find her. Um, yeah. And she mentions at the end of the episode also a couple places you can find her and some resources that she's got for you. Um, before we get on to the episode, uh, just a reminder that I am hosting my intuitive eating workshop in New York City on March 23rd. So it's just a couple weeks away now. Can't believe that. Um, somehow it came up. So if you're interested in attending, I do still have a couple spots left. So reach out to me, let me know, and I will get you all set up with that. Uh, and that's all I have for you guys. So let's go listen into my conversation with Caroline. All right, Caroline. So we are recording. We're good to go. I am so, I'm so excited to have you here. It took us a, a little bit to get this scheduled. <laughs> I know. Thank you, Kirsten. Thank you. I know we kept on having what snowstorms and <laughs> travel. I don't even know what, but it has something happened. Um, but we're finally here. Um, I had originally like been really excited to talk to you about this idea of how fearing weight gain can kind of put a wrench in this process of healing your relationship to food. And I think that this is such an interesting topic. And I think it's something that affects so many people who are starting the process. So it's something, you know, really good to talk about. Um, I would love to just kind of jump right in like I always do and um, get your, your thoughts on First of all, like what even is a relationship to food? Because, you know, this is something we throw around a lot that I'm not sure everyone really kind of understands. So, yeah, what would your viewpoint on that be? I definitely think it's the way we 
think about food and our appetites. It's sort of our belief system and the way that we engage with um, trusting our appetite and trusting the food we're eating or not. And coming from a, you know, a, a culture that that is, you know, very, very steeped in diet culture, we're essentially taught not to trust food and not to trust our hunger and not to trust our appetites. And I argue that that creates a difficult and painful and dysfunctional relationship with food. So talking about a relationship to food, it's all about how you are able to engage with this really Base, I mean, food is such a basic fundamental piece of staying alive, right? It, it's, it's not really meant to be this painful. Um, but when we don't trust food and we don't trust our appetites and we don't trust hunger, we don't trust, you know, feeding ourselves, it, it, gets, it gets easily messed up. So the relationship between us and our hunger and food becomes dysfunctional. Yeah, yeah. I think it's so interesting because I think that, you know, your relationship to food in a lot of ways is very personal and like from the outside, right? Like two people could be eating the same food and choosing the same way of eating day out, but they could have a different relationship to those choices. Yes. That is like, what's so interesting about it, you know? The, the fears, like the underlying kind of, sub, in the beginning, they're almost subconscious fears and subconscious beliefs that we don't necessarily realize it. We don't realize that we're operating under these beliefs. And I think one piece of this process is becoming aware mm-hmm. of those subconscious beliefs about food, about weight, about all of these things that we've been taught about health and worthiness and beauty and, um, and it can be a painful process because, you know, we've been so wrapped up in it for so long, but I think, yeah, the, those beliefs are really essential to begin to kind of unwrap and unravel and figure out what's really going on. Yeah. I feel like the awareness piece is something that comes up kind of, you know, it's, it's early in the process when you start having this awareness um, and you start thinking in this way and it's kind of wild. And I think a lot of people experience this where all of a sudden it's like a switch turns or like you take off some glasses and like all of a sudden you realize and you see this painful relationship and this painful way that people are relating to food in their bodies and you see it everywhere. And yes. You all your conversations with people and it becomes very evident that, wow, like, there's something dysfunctional about just like our culture's baseline way that it's relating to food. Yeah. And I, and you know, it's, it's so hard because even in that dysfunction in a super fearful place with food and body we're most of us are doing it because we've been told that it's responsible, right? We have good intentions. We're trying to take care of ourselves. We're trying to, you know, if we have this belief that we're a monster around food or we're addicted to food and that sort of becomes a cycle with dieting and going off the diet, um, you know, we're not, we're not, we're not trying to do harm. We, we think we're being responsible and that's, that's why it can go on for so long. Yeah. You know, it's sort of this cultural dialogue that this is what we need to do to be healthy and responsible. So it is, yeah. it's hard to begin. But again, like you said, once you start to see it, you realize how deep it goes and how it's everywhere and how it's really hard to avoid um, diet talk at yeah, all. For sure. Yeah, this is reminding me of a conversation I overheard the other day um, about basically this person was saying like, um, you know, 
along the lines of if I just accepted myself, like kind of scoffing at it, like if I just like accepted my body or accepted myself as I am, I would never go to the gym. I would never go to any practitioners. I would never like this belief, but it's so ingrained and people truly believe that if they just accepted themselves and kind of like release the reins a little bit that they would just like go ham. Yes. Yes. And it's, and, and it's a major fear that seems to prove itself to us because when we do restrict food or when we do overthink food, we genuinely become fixated on it and obsessed with it and hungrier. And it, it's actually a good thing we need to be, but because we're told that that's such a horrible thing and that it's a sign that something's wrong, we get freaked out and we're like, no, 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 no. I, I mean, great for you. You know, like I understand that dieting, you know, isn't, might not work for some people, but for me, I'm a food addict. I have to. And we really do feel that way. So I understand why it feels like if you stop controlling, you'll sort of just go off the reins and, you know, completely spin into chaos because that's how it feels in the beginning Yeah, as a way, you know, as a way for the body to kind of overcorrect for the, you know, months or years or decades of under eating or yo-yo dieting, um, or over-exercising. So I understand why people fear that. I mean, I, I definitely did. I was yeah. like, I, I have to diet. I am addicted to food, yeah. you know, left to my own devices. I will consume everything in my kitchen and then go out and consume everything in the world because it really seemed that way because I was starving. Yeah. I was so hungry. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, yeah, it's such an interesting conversation. It's something that, again, I think that people have to, just like so much of this intuitive being process, they have to experience for themselves to really yes. believe it. And that's the beauty yes. of the trust that comes with this process. You yes, know? exactly. Oh. Exactly. And I definitely, you know, it's a lot of my writing is about how I essentially misinterpreted intuitive eating for yes. a really long time. Mm-hmm. I completely twisted it twisted it into a diet because I, I read, I read the book. I I heard the, you know, the message through a diet culture lens. I couldn't conceive of a way of eating that wasn't for the purpose of eating less and being thin. I didn't have enough of an understanding about all these myths and harmful beliefs that we have about weight and health. But to me, I genuinely believed that less food was always better (laughs) and that thinner was always better. And that inherently kept me stuck in a fearful place with food because I was always afraid that I was going to do it wrong or not going to listen to my body closely enough. And Mm -hmm. again, just like we said, spin into whatever food addiction I always believed I was suffering from. Yeah. So, so that kind of conversation leads me into what I, you know, would love to talk about, which is, you know, I guess, what are your thoughts on like how fearing weight gain, you know, can get in the way of this process of healing your relationship to food? Because I think there are so, 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 so many people that are kind of, you know, coming into this space and interested in what we're talking about with healing your relationship to food and intuitive eating, but it's, they're still trapped in that, like, but I'm afraid of my body changing and and all of that, which is again, totally normal in the context of our culture, but exactly. (laughs) But how do you think that that can get in the way of this process? I, well, I think that our fear of weight is, if not the, the biggest cause of diet culture and dysfunction with food, 
you know, a, a really, really big piece. Yeah. And I would also say, you know, for me, I was afraid of gaining weight, but I was also afraid of being unhealthy. You know, I was diagnosed yeah. with some hormonal stuff that I believed that dieting and losing weight would heal. Uh, spoiler alert, it didn't. But to me, but also where that was all stemming from was I believed, like most of us believe, that health and weight were the same thing, that gaining weight is always unhealthy and that losing weight is always healthy and that losing weight is just the way to heal anything. You know, that's sort of this unspoken belief that we have in our culture. You have a health problem. It's probably because you are X amount of pounds, quote unquote, overweight, lose weight and your health problems will go away. Well, that actually doesn't help and, and can do a lot of harm because you're actually not addressing the underlying cause. You're, you're using weight as a scapegoat. Um, but what it took for me. So I, I just kind of explained that when I first started intuitive eating or I first thought I was starting intuitive eating, um, I didn't understand the, this, this weight piece. I didn't understand the cultural weight piece and I didn't understand um, that I was using weight and health as, as, as the same thing. I was assuming that it was the same thing. And so it really took me learning a lot about health at every size and really listening to scientists who are doing really important work to unpack these studies that are very misleading and really begin to understand. And Linda Bacon's work has been really, was really, really helpful for me, especially in the beginning. Yeah. Um, but really learning that we have been lied to and how much pain that causes everybody, you know, whether we are thin or fat, our fear of becoming fatter or staying fat inherently messes up our eating because we think that to cure ourselves, we need to control what we eat. So it's kind of, I, I feel like the dysfunction with food is based on a lot of um, misinformation, right? Yeah. And to begin to learn that we are not being irresponsible by eating. We are not ruining our health by eating. We are not ruining our health by, um, by accepting our body and, and, and allowing our, our weight to kind of do what it needs to do. You know, one of the beliefs is that we are in direct control of <laughs> our weight. Mm-hmm. And that it's just a matter of calories in versus calories out. And if we can just be responsible and have willpower and lose weight like we did that first time, right? Because diets, it is easier to lose weight temporarily mm-hmm. earlier on in dieting and the body kind of fights back harder and harder the more we do it. Yeah. But this belief that we are in control and it, it is our own responsibility or our own fault. I mean, how are we not going to be dysfunctional with food if that's what we believe? It's yeah. You know, learning that our that our hypothalamus is actually in control and our genetics are actually in control and that our health is is much, you know, it's much better for our health to focus on life affirming habits as opposed to focusing on weight or weight loss. Yeah. And all of those things, it was really impossible for me to even begin healing my relationship with yeah. food before learning those myths about health and weight. Yeah. It's so, as you're talking about that, I'm realizing like all, you know, there's just so much 
um, on a core level that needs to be challenged for you to start addressing this, you know, fear of weight gain. And one of them is, okay, health and weight are not the same thing. Um, two is like, you're another big thing of it is like the body image piece and the fact that we only see one type of body, you know, oh, yeah. media and everywhere. So it's like, of course, you're going to be afraid to be a larger size when larger people in larger bodies aren't treated the same way. And, and maybe yes. you're worried that it's not attractive or whatever. So like those two things need to be challenged. Um, and then what's, what was that last piece you just talked about? <laughs> um, well, that we believe that we are in complete control of our weight. And we yeah. have these assumptions that people in larger bodies have done this to themselves. And if they just went on the diet that we were on, you know, because I think a lot of naturally thinner people assume that people in larger bodies just need to do what they're doing and yeah. that it's simple. But, you know especially, I mean, it's really important to hear from fat activists and just people who are sharing their story saying, look, I have been on a diet since I was a little girl. I have essentially been anorexic and praised for my extremely disordered habits, yet I've always been in a fat body and I've just been told to try harder. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, I think it's so interesting because you know, not a lot of people come into this space from where I did, which was in um, a bariatric surgery clinic. Ooh, yeah, wow. I know. And I think that people come from a lot of different places when they come to the space, but not generally this one. And I think that, I mean, there are lots of reasons why this message appealed to me at that time when I heard it. But one of them was I had s- sat in front of you know, people in larger bodies, fat people telling me their story, telling me what they were doing, telling me their their struggles throughout their entire life, all the diets and and everything they'd been through. And it was very clear to me that that assumption that if these people just ate the way I do, they would be thinner. That was completely shattered, right? Right. Like I I was understanding that, wow, like that is actually not true. I'm hearing their story. Um, And also just seeing like the distrust in the practitioners around me in these people, right? Mm -hmm. So like they would say, there's no way that this person's telling the truth that they're eating oh, 700 calories. I, I don't know. But, but they, literally they would say they're lying. That's impossible. They're fat. They couldn't be doing that. And so I just was horrified by my experience in that yeah. setting. Also enlightened by hearing these stories that um, it was kind of a, an interesting perspective for me to come into, you know, health at every size, intuitive eating and all yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> It is so, that's so heartbreaking. And that's a big piece of the puzzle. We like people assume, or we're told that fat people are fat because of non-compliance on their diets. And I mean, yes, dieting does lead to binge eating and binge eating is actually this protective way. The body is trying to, you know, get lots of calories when we have been restricting, but at the same time, this assumption that eating that really restricting your food will always result in weight loss or a smaller body is just untrue. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, so this kind of, this whole discussion kind of leads me into an interesting question. I think something that is going to interest a lot of people listening. What are your thoughts on, can you still do this process of intuitive eating or healing your relationship to food? If this desire for weight loss is still so strong and you still feel like you really want to lose weight? I think it's understandable why people really want to lose weight because it really does hold social currency. People really are treated differently. And 
the assumptions that people make about you based on your body. I mean, it's very real. And I have a lot of thin privilege. I really have not had to deal with this personally, though I hear story after story after story. Um, So I really, really empathize with the desire to lose weight. I understand why we have it. I understand why it feels so strong. Um, I understand why it, you know, wouldn't it just be so much easier and people feel like, wouldn't it be easier if I could just fit in and people would just leave me alone about this and I could find clothes easier and all of this. So I completely understand the desire to lose weight. I think that we can work with that, right? I think that we can say, okay, I understand. I totally understand why that desire is there. Um, it's still helpful and it will still be helpful for your, um, your quality of life and your relationship to food and your relationship to your body to begin to unpack why we feel that way, what is happening in this culture that has led you to feel that way and led all of us to feel this way. Let's learn why this is not your fault, why you know your body is trying to protect you, why your higher weight doesn't necessarily mean anything bad about your health or you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that coming from a place of someone still wanting to lose weight is totally normal and understandable. And all we can do is say, okay, so let's, let's unpack this more. So what's really going on? Here are some myths about what you've been taught about your weight. Um, here, here's what can happen to people who are experiencing a lot of prejudice and weight stigma. Um, it's not good for our health. It, it makes us not seek treatment. Um, and then unpacking that, that, you know, if, so one of the things that I see a lot and I hear a lot are people saying, look, I, I'm trying to allow all food. I'm trying to, you know, really feed myself, but I, I'm still, I still feel out of control with food. Mm-hmm. And that's where I say it's probably, if you really have been genuinely feeding yourself yeah. on a physical level, there are a lot of mental mm-hmm. pieces that are, still affecting your relationship with food. And one of those is this fear of gaining weight or a fear of staying at the weight where we are. And so we're sort of subconsciously still restricting our food or feeling guilty about the food that we are eating. So sometimes, you know, it's a process, right? Sometimes a couple months down the line, if someone's really trying to heal their relationship with food, if they realize that their resistance to their weight or, you know, this inability to allow to, to really trust their body and trust their weight is going to keep getting in their way of healing their relationship to food. So sometimes you have to kind of experience it firsthand to be like, okay, well maybe it is worth it to me to, to try and re-examine the way I'm looking at weight and weight loss um, yeah. or weight gain. Yeah, um, does that, that make sense? Was that, yeah, <laughs> I feel yeah. like it was kind of like a, like a, <laughs> No, I think it's a hard question to answer. And I just kind of threw it. It really is. But I think that, you know, I, you and I, you know, feel the same way about it in that, like, we have to save, you know, space for our, 
feelings or our clients feelings about still mm -hmm. wanting to lose weight in some ways and like and just working to unpack that while still allowing for that emotion and that those feelings to be there without yeah. of course criticizing them or shaming or whatever like there's no there's no room for that there's no yes. shame for feeling that way but can we keep diving further into it and can we still work through this process you know and you know work with um the intuitive eating stuff and then find the places that it's sticking and, and examine that. And one right. of the things that may be the, the fear of weight gain can, can just inhibit this process in some ways. It doesn't mean you're bad for having that, but it does mean that like, it's going to kind of cause those sticking points. <laughs> exactly. And, and one of the things that I often say is that, you know, emotions, once once emotions are happening, you know, we try not to feel them. Of course, we do kind of the same thing with emotions that we do with hunger. Uh, we suppress it. We're afraid of it. Um, but once we have these emotions, they have to be felt or they kind of, you know, I, I look at it as kind of getting stagnant in the body, kind of like waiting to be expressed at any moment. Um, so the pain, I mean, there is real pain and grief over, what we have experienced with food and body, right? Especially our relationship to our body. So often like a lot of anger and sadness and um, there, there needs to be sort of this like um, catharsis and this, you know, we can't ignore the pain that it has been and continues to be. So we have to surrender to the emotional part of it and the painful part of it. But the part that we can sort of examine a little bit more are the beliefs. So what are all the beliefs that I still believe about myself or about beauty or worth or weight or health um, that is still really stressing me out, that's still causing this pain, right? Oh yeah. That's so helpful. I love that. Um, Caroline. So I would love to just, um, wrap this up by asking you, you know, if somebody's listening to this conversation conversation and feel like they're resonating a lot and they really, um, are feeling like this fear of waking is getting in the, in the way of healing their relationship to food. What is just like your last bit piece of advice for that person in this moment? I think one of the most Healing things you can do is start to read about the science behind this because it can be really, really liberating. And a good place to start, I think, is the book Body Respect by Linda Bacon and Lucy Aframore. Yeah. Um, really, really empathetic and you know, filled with science on why you know we what we believe about weight and health is not necessarily true or not true at all. Um, and then on a more emotional and sort of like cultural, we're trying to like shift the way we actually think about actual bodies. I think surrounding yourself and your so, well, social media feed is how <laughs> surrounding yourself in quotes uh, virtually with uh, diverse bodies that, um, that help you change the way you think about them. I mean, start following fat activists and plus size models and all you know, just begin and, and, um, begin changing what you're actually looking at because representation, what, what we see, you know, in the media and on our social media feeds, real, just like, you know, when we only see skinny airbrushed models and we start to believe that that's, that that's the only body that should be when we reverse that, it really does begin to heal. We begin to see our, our own bodies in a kinder light. Um, I think that that is a really, really 
healing way to um, sort of change the way we see bodies. Yeah. And that's something that people can do today. So I think that's awesome. Um, Caroline, can you share like where people can find you, what you've got going on, what resources, all of that stuff? Am I allowed to curse? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes, you are. Okay. So my website is called the fuck it diet and it's spelled exactly the way you would think. Um, I have a book coming out later this month, uh, March 26th in the U.S., March 21st. I just learned that it comes out five days earlier in the U.K., so weird. I'm so confused. Um, and it's all about this. It's It sort of goes deep into, well, deep and also I try to keep it super basic. Like mm-hmm. what were the big things that I learned that kind of were big epiphanies for me on why dieting is never going to work, why this is happening, why I feel like a food addict, and then what... I encourage people to do about it. And essentially my, my best advice on um, going on the fuck it diet. Awesome. I love it. I love it. I'm so excited to get my hands on a copy. Yay. <laughs> All right, Caroline. Well, thank you so much for sharing your time. I feel like this conversation was great. So I really, really appreciate it. Oh, Kirsten, thank you for having me on. This is, this has been wonderful. I love talking to people who already get it. <laughs> it makes it so much easier. <laughs> it's so fun. All right. Well, thank you. <laughs> All right, guys, that is the episode of this week. I hope you guys really enjoyed it. Uh, as I mentioned before, I'm going to link below to where you can find Caroline and all the resources she's got for you, including her book that's coming out very, very shortly later this month. Um, so check that out. Also, you have, also, if you've got a minute to spare and you can head over to iTunes and leave a rating uh, or review, I would greatly appreciate that. Um, you can just click on the stars and let me know what you think of the podcast, or you can take a couple minutes to you know jot down a little comment and and let me know that way as well um yeah that's basically it so i hope you guys have an awesome week and i will talk to you guys soon